Hello and welcome, I'm Peter Beinart, a fellow at the Foundation for Middle East Peace. Welcome to our webinar, Repression in the Shadow of Israel's War on Gaza, part two, Israel's rapid repression and criminalization of Palestinian life in the wake of October 7th. Um, following Hamas's attack on October 7th, and while the international spotlight is on Israel's assault and the ensuing humanitarian crisis in Gaza, Israel's right-wing government has pursued an accelerated agenda of repression. FMVP is holding two webinars to examine what the diff different forms this repression takes. We held the first of these webinars a few days ago with representatives of five Israeli human rights organizations. Please go to the FMVP website to listen to that conversation. While waging war on Gaza, the Israeli government has simultaneously moved to criminalize criticism of Israel's war or identification with Palestinians. New legislation, incitement, and arrests are creating a climate of fear and silencing. Palestinian citizens of Israel and Jewish Israelis who advocate for Palestinians face threats, intimidations, and severe restrictions on freedom of speech. Two of the leading organizations in the fight against government repression are the civil rights organization Adala and the news organization 972 Magazine. For our webinar today, we are joined by Rusun Bisharat, uh, who is a media and communications expert with over 20 years experience in international media and the editor-in-chief of Plus 972 magazine. Plus 972 is an outstanding news source and their coverage over the past six weeks has been courageous and essential. Hassan Jabarin is the founder and general director of Adala. For almost 30 years, he has litigated scores of landmark constitutional law cases before the Israeli Supreme Court. Adala's mission is to promote human rights in Israel in general and the rights of the Palestinian minority citizens in particular, work that also includes promoting and defending the human rights of all individuals subject to the jurisdiction of the state of Israel. Um, so I'm going to start with you, Rusun. Um, um, will you describe the situation for Palestinian citizens and Jewish citizens of Israel who articulate support for Palestinian rights? Uh, what was the situation like today compared to before October 7th? And what's the climate like in Israel? Thank you, Peter, for having me. Um, for, for both you know, Palestinians and Jewish citizens uh, opposing the war, calling for an immediate ceasefire, uh, supporting Palestinian rights, express, expressing pain and solidarity with, with Gazans, uh, especially civilians in Gaza, and supporting a political solution, the climate is simply is of a totalitarian state. Uh, it's as simple as that. Like I personally feel that you know I I can't breathe. I can't go out to the street to protest against the killing of of civilians, uh, you know, children and women in Gaza. Um, and I have a sense of guilt uh, and helplessness. Like, you know, we feel that there is nothing we can do uh, to stop this, this war. Uh, we can't even express our opinions and thoughts and sympathy. Uh, and that's a feeling that I really, I have never had before. Um, you know, Palestinian citizens in particular cannot express their opinions. Um, and at the top of that, their opinions are not even legitimate um, these days. Um, since the, the beginning of the war, the police have arrested and interrogated more than 200 Palestinian citizens of Israel uh, over their uh, posts on social media. And also um, a few Jewish Israelis were also uh, have also received similar treatment. Uh, 
um, few Palestinian uh, politicians um, were also interrogated uh, and detained for, for, for a few hours. Um, the overall feeling is that there is a major campaign against the Palestinian citizens. Uh, it's coming from the political establishment, uh, police, universities, workplaces, both public and private, and the vast majority of the, of the Israeli media are all fully on board with the right-wing rhetoric and practices. Um, and, you know, they're all in support of launching this persecution and oppression uh, campaign. Um, you know, things were not great before as well. Uh, you know, there was political persecution and, uh, you know, discrimination and oppression, but but now it's at a whole new level, I think. Mm-hmm. Hassan, uh, what what would you add to that? What have you been seeing and experiencing yourself in terms of um, repression of Palestinian citizens of Israel and also of Jewish Israelis who express support for Palestinian rights or opposition to the war? Uh, Hassan, you're just muted. This is not the first. Good evening. Uh, maybe at you. Good afternoon. Um, uh, and good evening from Haifa. Uh, this is not the first time that we work during emergency situation and we pass emergency situation. Uh, but what unique thing, what make this uh, emergency different than the previous ones uh, two aspects. First, the uh, act, the massacres of the 7th of October uh, is very, very harsh one that the Israeli Jewish society didn't have such experience before. And uh, it's like traumatic for the Israeli society. And the second aspect that this traumatic aspect act come when the regime, when the government is controlled by the most racist government in Israel history. So those two things together make the incitement, the level of the incitement against the Palestinian citizen of Israel is very, very high and reach its extremist. And uh, different, difficult today to find uh, loyals, supporters uh, from the Jewish society, uh, Israel Jewish society as we had before. Of course, we still have, but the number is shrinking this time. And uh, when the government led by the most racist one and the most important for us here in emergency is the police. Who is leading the police? The police is led by minister. He is considered the most racist one in this government. And uh, today uh, there is agreement by the Israelis that uh, his uh, personal agenda is to chasing and to prosecute Palestinians as such 
So giving this climate, you can imagine what kind of work he is doing in order to increase the incitement against the Palestinians. One of the aspects that... Hassan, you're did... talking about Itamar Ben-Gavir. Yeah, yeah, Itamar Ben-Gavir. One of the acts that he did and for the first time is to arm the Jewish society, to give them more arms and to have uh, the access to the arms very, very easy, to deliver arms to every family that they ask uh, to get arms. And the, the idea to arm the Israel Jewish society is not to arm them in order to go to far to war in the front of Gaza or in the front of the north with Hezbollah is in the internal front for him against the Palestinian citizen. This explains why Hussein said that she lives under fear and she feels fear for her personal security because this climate, we are not living under rational government but this kind of government and this kind of minister of police. And uh, this can explain that why the situation among the Palestinian citizens in Israel is very difficult. But it's also for Israeli left is very difficult. Like this government uh, and this minister, Peter Bar incites against the Israelis. Israelis who are opposing the war or demanding to stop the war for him and for this government, they are standing with the enemy. So in fact, this time the incitement is not only racial against the Palestinians, also ideological against Israeli Jewish who are against the war. Uh, Hassan, I want to stick with you for one more minute. Can you talk about um, the legal um, new laws or proposed laws that have been introduced or discussed since October 7th that would restrict freedom of speech and freedom of expression. Yeah, the main thing that many of the acts that the police is doing is beyond the law, is, are illegal. And they try uh, to put it within the law, but it's very, very difficult to see them that those acts are within the law. The first thing that the chief of the police made is to declare that the Palestinians won't have the right to demonstrate against the war. This is the first emergency that the government put total ban on demonstrations for the Palestinians. We passed cast-led war uh, oh, all the war, in fact, in the last 20 years, and none of them uh, was uh, under the ban, total ban of against the Palestinians to have demonstrations. So this is the first time that there is total ban. But this ban is illegal because there is no law to authorize the police to put such a ban. Uh, but the police behave that it's legal. And they try to prohibit any demonstrations in any different places. So we try to challenge that before the Israeli Supreme Court. Uh, when uh, there are two places 
that they asked to have a permit for demonstration and the police refused to give permits in Umm al-Fahim and in Sahnin. And uh, the Supreme Court said that the total ban is illegal. Uh, the, the police must examine each request to demonstrate uh, ad hoc uh, uh, and not to put a total ban and must respect the freedom of expression of all of the citizens, especially during the war. However, the court agreed not uh, to give permit for two demonstrations because uh, he agreed with the police uh, reasoning that the police doesn't have enough man manpower. But uh, this aspect, it's ridiculous because uh, in Tel Aviv, they allow demonstrations, but in Umm al-Fahim, there is lack of manpower. Uh, in Jerusalem, uh, Israeli Jews, they can have demonstration, but in Sakhnin, they cannot. So here, in the, the, the police is working. Uh, Hassan, just, so, just if people are not clear, that Umar Fakhim and Sakhnin are, are, are Palestinian, mostly Palestinian municipalities inside Israel, if people are not. Inside Israel, we are not speaking about West Bank, we are not yes. speaking about East Jerusalem. Yes. And here, and another aspect of the freedom of expression is that the police. Uh, file indictments in a very, very massive, like we reach more than 60 indictments against Palestinian youth only because they wrote uh, uh, in their Facebook expressing their solidarity with the people of Gaza. They are against the war. And what's the legal reasoning is supporting terror. Why supporting terror? Because the police view that if you solidarate Solidarity with the Gaza people is solidarity with the enemy during the war. And thus, when since the war is with Hamas as terrorist organization, thus you are supporting terror. Of course, this is like very, very far explanation and interpretation for the law. The law is clear that to support a specific terror organization, you have to express that and not expressing solidarity with people and the civilians uh, should consider as support the terror. So here we and, and, and the police succeeding before the court because also the courts are affected and influenced by uh, the strong uh, Jewish Israeli consensus uh, that support the war and view the Palestinians as fifth column and uh, agree in somehow with uh, Minister Ben-Gvir now incitements or the assignment of the government. Now, so this is why, like, legally, what they are doing is illegal, but they stretch the illegality and try to put it within the law, although uh, it's not illegal. Rustan, I, I wanted to pick up on something that um, Hassan was saying. He was saying that it's become harder to find Israeli Jewish lawyers who will work for Palestinian clients. You know, one of the things that makes 972 plus 92 such a special and unique operation is that it's neither a Jewish nor a Palestinian publication. It's a Palestinian, it's a publication for all of the people who live in 972 area code. And so this is at the center of your work to do to work together. Um, and I'm wondering how much harder has this made it um, uh, to uh, to bring together Palestinians and Israeli Jews who who share a common vision of, of equality 
and um and and you know and oppose oppose this kind of repression it wasn't difficult at all within the 972 family mm. and local call our uh, hebrew language partner uh, website sikhami mm. commit uh, the opposite i think um, the the awful events of october 7th the massacres committed uh, by Hamas against Israeli civilians and the massacres committed by Israel uh, since then against the civilian population of Gaza is strengthening our core values. You know, we believe that, uh, you know, it's our role to fight the occupation and apartheid. Um, we also believe that there is no way you can cover this story, these stories in Israel-Palestine without framing and context. It's a bit more challenging these days, even uh, from a legal point of view, uh, to put framing and context sometimes. Uh, but we, you know, the Palestinian contributors and the Jewish contributors and editors of 972 and Local Call um, are, are convinced more than ever that, that our core values stand now, even during this very difficult um, moment. And we are much more needed than before. If, if everybody is equal and free between the river to the sea, we will not really be needed. We will have to look for other jobs, uh, but we are really, our voice is, is very much needed. Um, the Israeli media scene is, is scary. You know, what's happening in the Israeli media, and I would say the vast majority of the Israeli media can, can you talk about that a little bit? I mean, what is the kind of news about the war in Gaza uh, that that people are 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 getting in in Israel? Like I feel this time, maybe for the first time again, that it's not a blessing uh, to to speak Arabic and Hebrew and to know both languages because I really feel that I live in a parallel world. Uh, like I have two parallel worlds. When I watch the Israeli media, mainly the Israeli uh, news channels, 12, 13, uh, the private ones and the um, and the public broadcasting. I don't watch channel 14, which is extreme right wing channel. Um, I get a totally different picture. It's all about, it's all about the Israeli victims. The media, in my opinion, is not covering the war with an agenda, like almost all of us but is taking part in the war. It's part of the war. It's calling the Israeli army to erase Gaza. It's uh, when it talks about Palestinian civilian casualties, it's also reported as, you know, the, the Palestinian uh, Ministry of Health that is quoted by the Arab, pan-Arab media and the media in the West is definitely lying. Um, they see all the civilians in Gaza as those who support Hamas, and it is, you know, legitimate uh, to kill civilians in a war. So you don't see what we see in Western and more in the in the Arab media. Uh, when I turn on Arab media, I see something totally different, totally different, and it's that's what the Israeli public is seeing day and night. You know the all the channels are working almost 24-7. And I'm not now talking about social media. 
because that is something that is really hard to monitor, much more complicated, and incitement is going wild there. Uh, Hamla, one of the Palestinian civil society organizations um, monitoring digital rights, uh, detected more than 1 million uh, hate speech and incitement posts on social media since October 7th. Hmm. Um, so it's like if you only watch and hear and consume Israeli media, you only get, you know, uh, the good legitimate reasons for why Israel should launch this war and why there is no way we can speak to the others on the other side. No way. There's no... No one is talking about political solutions. Even today, when they're talking about prisoners and hostages swap, still it's something tactic done for the sake, of course, the, the legitimate uh, um, uh, quest to have the hostages back home. Um, but that's all. It's tactic. And nobody, nobody, almost nobody, apart from... Uh, 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 Organizations like 972 and local call, and sometimes Haaretz maybe, that calls for a political solution. Mm -hmm. um, um, Hassan, I, I wanted to ask you um, to talk a little bit about what you think the long, we're in the middle of this crisis, so it's hard to, it's, it's hard to separate oneself from it. But if you have any thoughts about what the longer term effects of this, this war, um, uh, may be on relationships between uh, Jewish Israelis and, and and Palestinian citizens of Israel. There was uh, there obviously has not been the kind of communal violence that we saw two years ago, but maybe that's because, I, yeah, first of all, I'm curious about why you think we haven't seen a repetition of that communal violence from two years ago and what you think the, 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 the longer term effects may be within Israeli society on relationships between these two communities. Yeah, in fact, uh, due to the events of uh, 2021, May, and uh, we had uh, uh, clashes in the mixed cities, uh, many Jewish Arab groups were established in mm. order to work together mm. for coexistence and for stability and for living together. And this became groups very, very strong, very strong group. And... Uh, uh, in the first days of the war, uh, the group called Stand Together, mm, yes. uh, they had a big meeting, big gathering together in uh, one of the mosques of Al Ahmadi in Haifa. And here is important to show that there were many attempts of Jewish Palestinians meetings, political meetings, and the police itself try to prohibit that. Mm. So the police in this case of the mosque of the Ahmadi try to threaten the Ahmadi leaders and ask them not to allow this group the meeting in their place. They consulted with me and I told them, no, the police, what they are doing is illegal. The threat of the police is illegal. You don't need a permit to have a meeting inside the, the hall, inside the mosque. This is indoor meeting and no need for permit and go ahead. Uh, another attempt was by the 
high follow-up comedy. High follow-up comedy is the le le the leading uh, body, political body of the Palestinian citizen of Israel. It includes all the Arab members of the Knesset, and it includes all the Arab mayors, Palestinian mayors, and it includes the uh, representation of uh, non-parliamentary political parties. So in fact, this is like the Palestinian semi-parliament body. And they were in the beginning of the wars to have a meeting to strengthen the relationship between uh, the Palestinian and the Israeli left. And they declare about having two meetings in Haifa and the police threaten the owners of the home and prohibit the, those meetings. In the end, after two weeks, they succeeded to make it just through Zoom. Just through Zoom, in the end, they succeed to do that, but not uh, in person. And this shows that the police itself and the government even scared and worried about such meetings, such gathering together. And they don't want uh, uh, such activity together to, to, to happen. Now, uh, it was also one demonstration of Hadash in Tel Aviv, the Jewish and Arabs. It was small just uh, last Saturday. And I should just uh, say, for people know, the Hadash is the communist party, which uh, mostly Palestinian, but also Jewish communist party yeah. in it. Yeah, and they have a small demonstration in Tel Aviv, uh, but uh, they face uh, the right-wing group there that they started to incite against them and to disturb them. So there are attempts to have those meetings. Today in Adala, we had a meeting that uh, Jewish professors came uh, and uh, they expressed their willing to help and to volunteer in some of the cases that we work uh, to support students. So you have this, but the other aspect also, that the incitements against the Palestinians by the government is very, very huge. And you have in, uh, in the media itself, officially, they say official people, official figures, that using terms, we have to delete Gaza. We have to make for the Palestinians second Nakba. Uh, Gaza should express the second Nakba of the Palestinian. Uh, there is no, shouldn't be distinction between combatant and civilians. And when officials and ministers saying that, it's also sending message against the Palestinian citizen of Israel and incite against them. This is why, like, we have many different organized Jewish right-wing group that they are chasing Palestinian workers. They are follow them. If Palestinian uh, wrote anything in the Facebook that the right wing they didn't like, they complain and they name them and shame them. And they said this uh, person with his name or her name and address is a terror supporter and against the state. And uh, they sometimes lead to uh, that in many cases that the employee suspend the uh, working of this person or ask them to leave the work. So to this degree we have, so in one hand you have, yes, small group that they are working together, Jewish and Arab, to stabilize the situation, but huge groups of 
Israel Jewish uh, right wing, they are organized, chasing Palestinians, persecuting them, and harassing them in their private life, and causing for them uh, even uh, not to leave the house sometimes or to change address in order not to be attacked by extremist uh, Israeli uh, persons. Uh, well, so then I wanted to ask you a similar question. Do you have any thoughts about what the impact on the relationship between Palestinian citizens of Israel and Jewish Israelis from this war will be? Uh, you're muted. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe silence is the answer because I I really I really don't have a good answer. I am. Um, you know, for the first time, again, you know, lots of things are happening to me for the first time in my life, but I, I really feel that um, this place may no longer be, you know, a healthy and secure and safe place for me to raise my children. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I am, I am too worried that the guns that were distributed in the last couple of weeks will be used one day. You know, they, they haven't been used so far, uh, you know, in Haifa at least. Uh, I don't feel like that in my neighborhood, I feel insecure now, but I keep wondering, like, when will these weapons be used against us? Uh, that is scary. Uh, you know, regarding the relationship between the the Palestinian community and the you know Jewish uh, community, uh, again, it's important to to mention that things were not good before. And now there are much more. Mm. Uh, but still, as, as Hassan said, you know, we have, you know, these pockets of sanity that mm. we need to strengthen. Mm. And I think um, approaching the issue from, you know, the angle of human rights first, that, you know, this is a place that, you know, all its residents, Palestinians mm. and Jews, should live in equality and security. Um, but also, but also trying to present alternatives. I think it's time now for for us, for you know, Palestinians and Jews who believe in uh, that this conflict must be solved, and the only solution is a political one. We may not agree on the solution. I'm I'm sure that in this panel we we might have four opinions, not only three. Um, but we must present the alternative. And, uh, uh, you know, there are lots of platforms, lots of ways to do it, but the, you know, the future doesn't look rosy, but uh, I think we need to make an effort. Like, you know, we, we don't have the privilege of, of giving up. Yeah. Listen, I wanted to just stay with you one other question. So I think one of the things that I've noticed about discourse in the United States since October 7th is when Palestinians are on television or in the media, there is a there is often they are expected to condemn the October 7th massacre, almost as like the price of being in the conversation. And I think my sense is that this is for many Palestinians in the United States, even though they may genuinely think, as I do, that what happened on October 7th was horrifying um, and immoral, they also are uncomfortable having to do play this game because they don't feel that 
other people are asked to condemn anything, you know, condemn apartheid or occupation or anything. So, but I am no, I did notice that, you know, some of the high profile people, politi politicians like Ayman Oda were very explicit in condemning October 7th. I'm curious, what has that been like for you or your sense of other Palestinian citizens, how they deal with this question of, I would imagine being asked, you know, about this, about October 7th, about condemnation. How, how do you and others you've seen respond to this? You know, again, you know, I I agree with you. You know, I, you know, uh, without any hesitation, I, I condemn uh, what Hamas did that morning on October 7th. Um, I think taking uh, kids, women, uh, elderly people hostages is, is not moral. And killing of civilians is not moral. But again, you know, all of this has context and the minute you put the context as if you are withdrawing your condemnation. Right, right. And that's right, how right. many Palestinians right. feel here, like among right. friends and family. Yeah. Many people say to me that, um, you know, okay, we condemned once, but the fact that we have to keep repeating it mm -hmm. over and over and over again is the game that we don't want to, to play. Mm -hmm. I... I had an interview with uh, on on 972 with um, Lina Qasim Hassan. She's the uh, chairwoman of Physicians for Human Rights, the Israeli uh, branch, and um, and she said to me, you know, it, it, like although I condemned the attack, she went with Physicians for Human Rights uh, to support survivors of Be'iri kibbutz mm -hmm. when the state was not there in the first couple of days yeah. it was civil yeah. society israeli yeah. civil society was there and she yeah. felt that she she needs to be there yes uh and even after doing that she yeah. is asked day and night to condemn yeah. yes i have one friend who's a nurse at one clinic here in haifa and when i i met her last week and she said like it feels like whenever i wake up in the morning i should look at the mirror and condemn and and when I said to her, but are you harassed by patients? And she said, no, the patients are absolutely fine. Nobody mm. is saying anything. We avoid politics even. Mm. But it's her colleagues. It's the clinic staff that mm. keep reminding her every day that she has to pay that tax every single morning. So I think the, the condemnation itself, it's something that I think especially uh, Palestinian citizens of, of Israel, it was it was done across the board. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, but as you said, you know, playing that game over and over and go, over and over again, and every time we appear uh, in front of somebody or on on, on television is the uh, problematic um, part. Yes, yes. Um, um, Hassan, I, I wanted to. You had mentioned some of these uh statements about um about another nakba um um from and and obviously we've seen how the ex, the the you know expulsion of whole villages in the west bank and and um you know reports that israel would like the people in gaza to go to to uh egypt um do you worry at all that this Support, desire for ethnic cleansing could extend inside Israel proper itself to the so-called mixed cities. There could be efforts to um, to force Palestinians out of their communities, even inside Israel proper itself. Look, it seemed that uh, many things that I thought that won't happen in 21th century 
uh, they are happening. I didn't imagine, for example, uh, that uh, Israel will enter Gaza and evacuate and destroy totally the north of Gaza and uh, make it easy in the meaning that the world is quiet about that, the West is not condemning that, if we are speaking about condemnation, and uh, the uh, United States or the State Department is not trying to stop that. And here we have uh, attempt, serious attempt of ethnic cleansing of the Palestinian in Gaza. And when you destroy their houses, civilian houses, and we are speaking about houses that they are not part of the uh, 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 militaristic aspect of Hamas, uh, they enter the neighborhood, the IDF enter neighborhood, after they occupy the neighborhood and they clean it from the people, they start with the bulldozer and the tractor to destroy house after house. So in fact, in the minute that you are doing that, you are destroying something that empty from people that doesn't threaten you, threaten your army. But the only thing that you want to do is revenge, to destroy houses. And if you want to destroy population, you destroy its place, destroy its houses, and uh, you kill them and don't allow them uh, to live there. Today we are speaking about situation that seven Palestinian kids are killed every one hour. Like this is the rate that we are speaking about. So this is very, very extreme. When this extreme thing we have it, I uh, became worried that uh, uh, what I thought before that would happen, it could happen. It could happen that uh, in a minute of anger, in a minute of uh, uh, war, uh, that uh, Israel will find the justification to have transfer of some of the Palestinian citizen of Israel from area to other areas to move it from area to other area because we are seeing that in Gaza and we are seeing that in the fragmentation of the West Bank area B, area C, area A and area C also uh, in the process of evacuating that from Bedouin society from Palestinian society, destroy their houses and not to give them a permit to build and to let the settlers to occupy. So this aspect of transfer that we thought that it was only in the beginning of the state, it's part of the year, first years of the Nakba of 1948, is still going on. And uh, what I thought just before this war that uh, this not something that could be available, it could be. It could be, and uh, we still heavily live in war zone. And in war zones, such our zone, when, the, when you have two uh, peoples that they are equal in their de demographic aspect, mm. uh, we are not speaking about gap between them, 180% of the population and one. 20, you are speaking about 50% each side occupying this territory and uh, uh, with small territory. So things of transfer try to minimize the other side 
became part and continue, not became, continue to be part of the war itself. Uh, so unfortunately, I I I, I was I'm disappointed myself. What I thought, my optimism that we pass that time, it seems that it's not true. Uh, and I thought that in 21 century, all the world will stand against Second Nakba. And here we have ministers that they are declaring we are going to continue to do Second Nakba and it passed without uh, any uh, critique. And uh, the, what Israel is doing in North Gaza passing without a critique. So the international community is not studying the lessons of the Second World War, mm. as we thought. Yeah, yeah. Um, um I know that there have been um, there have been members of the Knesset um, who have been uh, who have been suspended. Um, I think two members. Right? I think uh, Ida Tumas Suleiman and um, and Ofer Kasif for criticizing the war in Gaza. Um, I'm, you know, one of the issues that has been in, been uh, always been there in Israel over the years is the question of whether the Palestinian political parties would be allowed to run, um, since there are often challenges to their ability to run. Um, I wonder what you think the um, the space for Palestinians to continue to participate politically is likely to be in in the after in you know in the in the months and years ahead. The space at large is shrinking, definitely. You know, freedom of expression, freedom of assembly. You know, Hassan might know a bit more about this because he represented mm. all the uh, political parties that were facing, um, uh, like they were uh, attempts to outlaw them or to prevent them from participating in the in the in the in the elections. So he may know more a bit. <laughs> more than me, but I think when it comes to participation, um, there is no real threat on the ability to participate, mm. but definitely, definitely the opinions expressed um, and the this will be limited. Mm. And, mm. and again, maybe within the Palestinian um, community in Israel, the discussion will reopen about whether you know, we should play that game, whether we should take part in parliament or not, uh, or have some other ways to participate in the in the political life and not only in parliament. I I think the the status of Palestinian politics mm. inside Israel and in general is is so fragmented mm. that you will always have political parties that will participate. Even if uh, one or two will be outlawed, there will be some who will participate. Um, and maybe, you know, this is one of the weaknesses of, of the Palestinian um, case, uh, and not the Hamas case. The Palestinian case is, is weaker because of these disputes, mm -hmm. both within the parties in Israel, where the Palestinian uh, parties and the Palestinian Jewish parties that ran together for for few years and uh, you know made huge achievements um, and then of course there was a split and the divisions are back 
And now, you know, these uh, gaps are even um, widening. And the same, uh, you know, the dispute of Hamas and Fatah, you know, between the West Bank and Gaza. This is, you know, all of these divisions are also weakening the Palestinian position. Mm-hmm. Um, Hassan, do you I want to add anything about the, the suspensions of the two members of Knesset and, and how worried you are that, that the space for Palestinians to have political parties run in elections uh, and be in the Knesset may be, may be, may be closing or narrowing? Uh, yeah, this is not the first time that there is suspension of uh, Arab MKs or uh, like from this is the first time also that also Jewish with them and uh, offer Kassif. But usually you have this against the Palestinians, uh, a member of the Knesset. And uh, um, the problem appears where in the time of the election because the electoral committee of the Knesset, which is uh, composed by political party, is authorized to decide who can run for the Knesset. And in many cases, most of the cases, they try to disqualify Arab member of the Knesset or Arab political party. And uh, this became extreme during war. Uh, the, the right wing come and they try to, uh, to uh, disqualify uh, from running to the Knesset uh, Arab uh, political party or Arab members and the, the argument that they are against the state as a Jewish state or against uh, or supporting terror against the state supporting uh, Palestinians people sometimes supporting uh, just solution, supporting uh, the right of return, consider f- with, for the right wing supporting terror. And if you argue for a state for all of its citizens, full democratic state for the right wing, you are challenging the state as a Jewish state. Now, we were lucky in the last 20 years that uh, all of those attempts were stopped by Israeli Supreme Court. Uh, but in many cases, the Israeli Supreme Court stopped those uh, 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 attempts by small uh, number of justices of the majority, like sometimes five against four, six just against three, like the Benin is nine justices. But now uh, we are witnessing uh, a serious number of conservative justices in the Supreme Court. And this government is going to nominate a more conservative judge for the Israeli Supreme Court. And that might change the policy of the court in those cases. Until now, the Supreme Court, the majority of the Supreme Court, try not to be populist in those cases. But now when you might have a shift in the personnel of the justices of the Supreme Court and the conservative number just will be more than the liberals, then it put us in a risk. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so I wonder, um, there have been some stories that have made it to the United States about uh, the situation for Palestinian Arab students at universities, um, um, uh, the pressure they've been under, even attacks, expulsions, I wonder if you can talk about what it's been like for Palestinian students at un- Israeli universities. 
I would like to, to start by just um, mentioning one important point that yes. um, that we touched upon briefly, that since um, you know Palestinian citizens uh, are not allowed, are not given permits to go out and demonstrate, mm. most of the uh, what you can label as political persecution and oppression is happening online, like almost, almost, apart from the uh, uh, head of the follow-up committee and uh, two former MKs who were arrested uh, or you know detained. Uh, just before a planned protest in Nazareth for a very limited number of people. All other cases, I believe, are over social media posts. Mm -hmm. And 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 who's there? You know, uh, uh, they started with influencers like mm -hmm. singer Dalal Abu Amni, who has millions of followers on Instagram and Facebook, um, actress Maysa Abdel Hadi, um, and many others, and you see, like I checked this morning, many of the influencers who used to speak politics, who were very politically active, are either not there, mm. or they didn't post anything since the mm. day of their arrest, maybe for legal reasons. Mm. But many others who were not detained, interrogated, or arrested are off social media. They're not there. Mm. Um, I also heard from many journalists who are uh, not posting anything, uh, they are deleting old posts, huh. fearing that they could be interrogated over something that you know they posted two years ago. So why students? Because students are like you know young kids who are at the uh, you know peak of their activism year, mm -hmm. um, and they're all on social media. And in the Palestinian community here, you know, so kids are mainly on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok less on twitter um and it's it's um it's you know one of the best tools to uh to terrorize the young generation and their parents mm -hmm. you know there were uh, i'm sure hassan could add as well there were some illegal arrests where uh young students you know both men and women were dragged in the middle of the night violently from their houses um, and, and the whole dynamics behind it, it's really, really, really scary. Like there is that incident at Natania um, College where uh, some 50 students were locked in their dorms and there was a huge mob outside calling, you know, death to Arabs and go to Gaza. Uh, the police almost, you know, did nothing to, to protect them for, for a few good hours and then with the municipality officials and the police, they got them out. And and the, the allegation was that few of them threw eggs at a nearby synagogue, which the students uh, uh, rejected. And they said, this is, you know, it didn't happen. This is false. Um, and you would think that the story will end there, but it didn't. Uh, I heard today that the, uh, the dorms, the company that is running the dorms at Natania College, it's a private company, um, doesn't want to, uh, like, wants to end the contract with 40 of the students wow. uh, for either breach of contract and some other weird reasons. I know that the case is in court and the uh, the students will, will appeal. But this is, you know, attacking the young generation mm -hmm. uh, of students uh, is the 
or, or hunting them is, in my opinion, the most worrying trend. Um, and uh, I think there are over 120 students right now uh, who were uh, either invited to hearings or suspended or expelled. Um, Adala and Hassan may have all the all the numbers. I, I also heard about very um, dangerous case of um, four female students from one college in Nufha Galil, uh, which is a Jewish uh, locality next to Nazareth. And, and these uh, four students were um, uh, invited to a hearing. I think they were suspended from the uh, from their studies. And few weeks after, the police arrested them. Mm -hmm. So it's 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 these dynamics that are happening, you know, between the extreme right wing groups, uh, private businesses who are fearing pressure from extreme right wing groups. So it's not all official coming from the states. You know, they will not all be charged and they will not all be indicted, but you know, harm will happen to, to everybody. And, you know, they will sit quiet and, and have no political activism. Yeah, yeah. It's a very, very dark times. Um, I um, I think we're just about out of time. So I wanted to just thank you so much, Hassan and Rasun, for today's conversation. It's uh, timely and urgent. Um, and thank all of you for sharing your time with us. Uh, thank you to everyone uh, who listened to the event. We're glad to share this conversation with you. Um, and uh, please check back at the FMVP website, fmvp.org, for a list of resources relating to the conversation we just had and for announcements of upcoming events, webinars, and podcasts. Thank you all. Until next time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.